You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Glenn, thank you very much. And to everybody, good day and blessings to you, Glenn. It's such a privilege to be able to uh, share on the platform and just want to honor you and bless you for the work that you're doing in Awake Nations and the kingdom community as it grows and people just come together for kingdom purpose, united and working together. So tonight, today, um, as we start this session, I want to just share some principles of things that we know so well, things that we, we, we talk about and many times we give almost scantily to it, not giving full depth and attention to exactly what it means. So, Father, tonight as we just come into your presence, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will teach us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will minister to us sovereignly by, by the grace of the Spirit of God. We thank you, Lord, for every single person that will that will receive from you tonight thank you lord that you unveil the mysteries of your kingdom the methodologies of your purpose so that we can glorify you give you praise honor and glory and lord we just thank you for the work of the ministry thank you lord for what yep. you've done in giving yes. us fullness of the spirit of god we're not in measure we have the fullness and we honor you and we bless you for it now, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. We can't hear you, Derek, for some reason. Oh, you're muted. Uh, did you mute me, Glenn? Uh, not, not intentionally. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> I suppose you got the control button. You got the power. So as we start tonight, I want to talk about, I want to focus on, on a title of the collaborative, complementary ministry of the fivefold. The collaborative and complementary ministry of the fivefold. So as we, as we start this discussion, I want to revisit foundations in Ephesians chapter 4. Many times when we go to the fivefold ministry and we want to, to look at the emphasis, we normally drop straight down to the middle of, of chapter 4, verse, verse 12, 11, and he gave some to be apostles, prophets, and teachers, pastors, and evangelists. But I want to start tonight, I want to go back to, to the very beginning of Ephesians 4.1 where Paul says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. Now, that's a strong word. He's urging us, he's encouraging us, but he says, I beseech you to walk worthy of your calling or the vocation wherewith you were called. And Paul, as, as one of the great apostles, apostles sent to the Gentiles, he starts this chapter by talking about beseeching us urging us to walk worthy of our vocation. And he goes on with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. 
And straight away, that sets the foundation. Now, remember, biblical principles in the New Testament, the New Testament church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So here we find Paul laying a foundation of humility, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing, and building one another up in love, endeavoring to keep the unity. So if we just look at those for a moment, when we talk about the collaborative and complementary ministries of the fire for working together, it starts from the premise, and it starts from the foundation of meekness and humility. And that was supposed to be the foundation that God was laying. And so when we go back to teaching of the ascension apostles and we look at the foundations, that's what God was wanting to emphasize and bring about in the fivefold ministry. And we can read the rest of, of those verses down to verse. Uh, you're muted again somehow. Okay. Not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. So um, Paul instructed us to walk worthy of our calling and stay in our calling. Now, one of the things that I've noticed over many years of ministry was as God was in the restoration of the fivefold ministry. And if we look at how God did, the, he gave grace and gifts to the body of Christ. And the first misnomer and the first, uh, I want to say, reversal of role was that many ministries wanted to be the nugget and had everybody else honor them. When God wanted us as fivefold ministry to be gifts, to be given to the body of Christ for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So the first thing that we need to understand in working together is that we are to be poured out as fivefold ministry. The calling of God is one that pours out into the body of Christ, not has the body worshiping as it were, the fivefold ministry, but the fivefold ministry equipping the saints. The flow should be from the fivefold ministry towards the body of Christ and not from the body towards the fivefold ministry. So that's what Paul was trying to emphasize in the lowliness, the humbleness, the humility. And so the, the word in Ephesians 4 starts to introduce a pattern and introduces a form around our callings. And every calling, by the grace of God, is unique. We have the same characteristics that we're all here as the fivefold ministry to equip the saints so that the saints can mature, the saints can grow, the saints can be established in the word, in faith, in truth, and they may mature to start to do the works of the ministry. And I think the trouble started as the restoration moves were somehow segregated. And when God established, if we go back in church history, folk, and we look at how God established and redeveloped or redefined or emphasized or highlighted, whatever word you want to use, the fivefold ministry giftings, he started with the evangelist. And God had a specific order because God wanted to lay foundations. And God laid the, the evangelist and then the pastor, the teacher, the prophet, and the apostle. 
And over a period of probably about 80 odd years, those giftings and gracings were greatly emphasized and came to the fore. Now, they were always in the body of Christ in the New Testament, but they were isolated or in pockets. And we had some singular ministries that, that, that walked in those giftings, but we didn't have a generalization or a widespread gifting until about 1920, 1930, when, when the revivals moved in the, in the, across the, the earth and there was more moves of evangelism and the pastoral ministry was restored, etc. And those restoration moves... Were, were so great and so pronounced. But what did happen, one of the one of the things that I saw as we look back at history and we look at listening to people, there was almost a promotional type of step. So guys, and even if you look in ministry today, some people start in evangelism or they start as a youth pastor and it's seen as a promotional stepping stone upwards towards a higher office. Now, the ministry is progressive. I'm not denying that. But many times people have seen it in a promotional context. And when we start looking at a promotional context, the trouble with that is now that the guys on step three look down at step two and look even further down at step one. And the guys at step four look down on step three. And so what we had, and I don't believe it was intentional, but it was just it was a sum of errors that, that culminated in what we had uh, to recently in the religious type of church sitting. We have this man, man, mindset that one gift becomes superior to another gift. Mm. And what that did in the body of Christ was the pastor, who is the, the shepherd, the congregational leader, who's has a, a great responsibility. And if you ask me, one of the greatest responsibilities out of all the fivefold ministry is the shepherd. In fact, I want to say it's the hardest calling and the hardest ministry of all five because he's tending to the sheep. He, he or she is loving those sheep daily, weekly. He's changing nappies. He's drying tears. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, a real passionate call of God and all the pastors out there I just want to tell you I love you and I honor you so much but you see what happened they weren't sure how to handle the other giftings especially when those giftings presented themselves in a hierarchy when those giftings presented themselves some of them even feeling superior well, the prophets in the house, the prophet will prophesy, or the apostles in the house and will govern and dictate. You don't come into another man's house and take over his house. That, you wouldn't do that in my natural house. Don't do that in the Lord's house. So the ministry of the pastor was caught in a, in a quandary where they didn't know how to deal with the other ministry groupings. And so what happened over, the, over time the, the ministry gifting, especially the prophets and the apostles, became collectives outside of the local allotment or the local fellowship. And they started banding together in parallel structures. When I don't believe, folk, that God ever intended there to be any parallel structures, God's plan was for the church of the locality, the city church or the regional church, not to have different giftings split apart and diversified or divisioned into different groupings or clumpings. And that was because of this promotional concept of a hierarchy. 
And I'm not saying, as I said, that we're not talking about people that, that have grown in their giftings. I mean, I pastored local ministry for a long time. I pastored a local allotment for many years as I grew and I matured into my gifting and calling. But you see, most people, we the, the Bible says in Romans, we know the scripture in Romans 11, for the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Most people, when I hear people, they say the gifts of God are without repentance. But it's the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. We need to learn to accommodate each other in our giftings and callings. Now, when I look at some of the things that Paul was also teaching, he, he spoke about staying in our calling, staying in our vocation. Now, one of the other things, and, and if you understand aircraft crashes, if we look at an aircraft crash, it's never the, the result of one single failure. An aircraft crash is normally the culmination of a whole series of little events that come together at the wrong time in the wrong place and they all form together to form the catastrophe. And I believe that one of the divisions in the body of Christ over the fivefold ministry was also by the same type of principle, a lot of coincidental things that happened that all lined up together that caused a divisional concept rather than a unified concept. So it's not one thing that tipped the scale. It's a combination of many things that caused the off balance or the imbalance to start to happen. Now, I want to say that we are all for the perfecting of the saints. That should be the thrust of ministry. That should be what we are called to do, the perfecting of the saints. We're all given grace. The Bible said by grace we are called. We're saved through grace. We minister by the grace of God. So the other thing that was, was, a, was a dovetail into this was the travesty of the religious order over the past. You know, it, it always, when I was a young minister, always used to uh, baffle me, I want to say, that everybody that came out of Bible school, and we'd gone through Bible school for three or four years, and you saw the different giftings in different people, and you started to recognize the call of God on their life differently and the fivefold giftings. But we got to the end of Bible school, and everybody got ordained as a pastor. And then everybody went to pastor a local church. And yet a lot of those folk were never called and fitted into the grace of pastoring. Some were great evangelists. Some were great teachers. Maybe some were prophets. But everybody just got slapped with the same label, and everybody went out and started pastoring. And so what we had, and again, one of those inadvertent things, we had a lot of square pegs starting to fit into round holes. And then people jostled because of their discomfort and their insecurity of being where they shouldn't have possibly been. Everybody started to rub and, and try and cement their position. And that, again, just caused the friction and caused the, the tensions that we saw. And I believe that in the body of Christ, we need to start to, to rethink plurality of ministry. I want to, you know, when we look in the natural community, when we look at our secular systems, there's such good examples of working together. If I look at one example, I think is the medical profession. 
when you get a general practitioner, he's your house doctor, you go and see your house doctor and you have something that you need curing or fixing or sorting out, he refers you, if he can't deal with it, he refers you to a specialist. You get a referral letter, you go to the specialist, the specialist deals with you. You don't lose your relationship with your house doctor, but you just go to see the specialist. When you go to a hospital and, and there's an emergency and there's an ER, you have a whole lot of specialists working together for a primary reason. Save the patient's life. Bring the Sorry. patient back to health. And now if you can imagine the fivefold ministry as a surgical team, Every single member of the body of Christ needs to be brought into divine wellness, fullness, wholeness, and maturity. We should all be working in our giftings and callings for one purpose, one objective, to see that person or those that group of people whole and totally restored and well. It's not that the, 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 the neurosurgeon grabs the person, pulls the trolley to the side and says, no, I want to work on the brain. And this guy says, no, I want to work on this part of the body. And there's this tug of war with this poor patient. Well, sometimes I think in the body of Christ, that's what we see. And that's really sad because that's not, I believe, what God intended. So God wants us to just work together on our specialties or giftings in our core areas and specialties to do it. It's the same in the law profession. When you have law, you have some specialists in certain elements or categories of law. And so when you need experts in, in, in land issues, you'll go to a lawyer that's proficient in land. If you need somebody that's, that's in a, a commercial uh, situation, you'll go to a commercial lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. And they specialize in, in one or the other field. Have you noticed lawyers never break each other down? They will always refer to each other honorably as my learned colleague or my honored colleague. The medical profession, you notice the medical profession will never say to you, well, that doctor was a nut and he should never have diagnosed this. They never diss each other. They never put each other down because there's a code of conduct of professionalism in those fields and in those uh, professions. We should have the same thing in the body of Christ where we honor one another and we prefer one another and we build one another up. So that's the background of where it was skewed. Now let's turn it around the right way up and let's talk about how to build unity amongst the fivefold ministry. And, you know, it starts with the ministry. It starts with leadership. But it's also for every single member of the body of Christ to be working together to build one holy nation, one people under God. In fact, I want to say this. The pattern that I believe that is the, is the foundation is apostolic centers. It's, it's the foundation of building the local church in community, not so much a single branch, as in a congregation, but the local church in community. And that starts with a foundation of apostolic centers. So to change the pattern, because we've seen the pattern's not quite right, we need to have a different focus and we need to have a different mindset of the spirit of unity. You see, unity is not just agreeing together. 
unity is working together to promote each other. So we, we, we understand the different emphasis of the giftings. And like a house, if we had to build a natural house, a physical house, you need all the elements together to make a good house. You need a right. good foundation. You need good walls. You need a roof. Then you need ceilings and you need finishes. Now, if any one of those is not in place, you don't have a good house. And we need to understand how to build first. We build the foundation. You don't start with the roof and build the roof on the floor and then start jacking it up and trying to put the walls under the roof. It'll be all wobbly and fall over and break. So there's a pattern to building. And I believe that we need to be complementary rather than competitive. How do, we be How do we be complementary? Number one, I believe, firstly, it's an instantaneous mind shift. It's not hard. You know, I hear, I've read so many things and people have written these, these long theses on how to complement one another. What I think is quite simple. Just be complementary. We were in a conference a little while ago, just to give you an example, and we had nine different congregations come together for a conference in, a, in, a, in, a, in, in, in Swaziland, in, in a, a homeland state in, in Africa. And we all went to Swaziland for this conference. And it was a four-day event with many speakers and, and a full program. And not all the ministers were given slots to speak at the conference. And what happened was on, on the first night of the start of the conference, all the pastors and ministers were sitting on the front two rows and whoever was up to speak first started to minister. And when they came off the platform, you could see the others were sort of being competitive like they wanted to do better. And oh, in the yeah. break between the, between the sessions, I called all the guys together and I was one of the guest speakers. I was a guest of the, of the ministry uh, network. So I was a guest. So I called them all together. I said, guys, you know how you should do this? When that brother comes off the platform, you should all get up and go and compliment him for the way he ministered. Because when it's your turn, you want somebody to compliment you. So why don't you start by sowing compliment and sowing grace into his life? Instead of being competitive, why don't you be complimentary? I said, because, you know, God gave that brother the slot for tonight. You might have done it differently. You might have done it better. You might have done it worse. But it wasn't your slot. It was his slot. So all you can do is compliment and promote him for doing a good job in his slot. And the rest of the conference, as each speaker came off the platform, all these ministers got up and went and stood in the front of the steps of the platform to greet him and, and embrace him and hug him and, and shake his hand. And it changed the whole atmosphere of the conference. That was, that was the first step. And today, and that's three years ago or, now, or so now, and I'm still in contact with that group, and they're still saying every time they minister together, they compliment one another, and they love one another, and they embrace one another. So it, it, took, a, it, it took some forceful action, but immediately there was a mindset change that we need to support one another and bless one another. You know, it's the same as a team. If we take, I don't know, uh, baseball, you, some of you Americans love to play baseball. It's not a sport that we play this side of the world. But one guy hits a home run. He hits the home run. He's the hero. He's the best batter. But the run goes to the team, not to the individual. 
And we need to learn to be hitting the home runs for the team and not score to the individual. We need yeah. to, we need a, we need a mindset of instead of individualism, we need collective. Now, I mean, if we look at if we look at Apostle Glenn, Glenn is an awesome facilitator. Glenn is an awesome networker. He has a gift on his life, a grace on his life to draw people together and to organize. I don't want to compete with Glenn. I want to support Glenn. I want to honor Glenn and help him move the rocks out of his road so that we can actually go further together. But many times in the fivefold ministry, we've spent so much time competing with each other and pulling each other back like two little schoolboys. We haven't got to the goal. We haven't got to the prize. So the kingdom mindset looks at the unity and preferring one another, not promoting ourselves. And we know, especially as when we were young ministers, we, we all did it. We try, we promoted ourselves a little bit, and we got a little bit of pride and a little bit in the flesh. But as we grow in the maturity of the Lord, we need to be more wise about loving each other and just blessing each other. And I want to share, a, this is a principle that I've, I, I teach to all our, our young pastors and leaders and fireful ministers. It's called the two-bolt principle. Now, if you look at an assembly line, if I take a car assembly line, and the chassis comes rolling along on the, on, the, on the conveyor belt. And my job is just to put two bolts in two holes as the chassis comes past. I must trust that the guy before me... Yeah. Sorry, I lost, I lost the screen for a moment. I must trust that the guy before me drilled the two holes. I put in the two bolts. The, the chassis moves on, and the, the assembly point next to me does something with those two bolts. I have to be dependent on the one before me and the one after me that we all do our job to finish the process. I can't leave my two bolts to run next door to pick up the drilling machine to drill the holes. Because while I'm drilling the holes, the next chassis has gone past and my bolts didn't get it put in place. And so the two bolt principle folk is that we do what God has called us to do in team, not independently. My two bolts without the holes are useless. My two bolts without the nuts on the other side are equally as useless. So we need to learn that God has given us assignments. And if you look in our town, if you look in our community, God's given different ministries assignments that complement one another so that the community is saturated with the goodness of the gospel from different angles, different thrusts, different sides, different facets. But when we all work as a team, the work gets done and God gets the glory. No man gets the glory. We need to feed the collective and we need to feed the plural. The church is the locality. Now, something that happened in South Africa, folk, that maybe it's happened in your country, I don't know. But many, many years ago, when we moved out of the Pentecostal type of flow into the charismatic flow, and we started to have what were autonomous churches, the government asked all those churches 
to write a constitution and, and submit constitutions to the government to be registered and authenticated. One of the sad things that I've found many years later, when I started asking pastors to send me their constitutions, because we're in a constitutional reform in our country, I noticed something very peculiar, which you might say to me is just words, but I believe that words create and words are spirit life. Well, do you know that many of the charismatic churches in Africa, in the first, maybe first, second, third, or maybe fourth paragraph, so at least on the first page, when they're not in a denominational structure like the Assemblies of God or the Full Gospel or something like that, a, a branded denomination, when they're more uh, smaller works independent, do you know that in their constitution it's written? autonomous, independent local church. Because they didn't want to be accountable to a denomination. Now, just think about that for a moment. We are one body, one holy nation. And a church congregation is set up in law, declaring itself as autonomous, independent. Now, in the spirit, every time that is read and confessed, it sets a premise in the spirit. And I ask you tonight, just out of curiosity, go look at your constitutions that set up the foundation of the existence of the congregation. We cannot be autonomous, independent church. We have to be interdependent rather than independent. And so that's something that sets a premise in the spirit for division. It sets a premise in the spirit by decree of separation rather than unity. And the kingdom of God in the community is the local church. We need to work together. So how do we do that? Well, we know in the book of Acts, as Glenn said earlier in Acts 4, the apostles had great grace. They Everything came together. They were all equal. They all had as one, and they shared equally amongst themselves. Now, I believe in the ministry today. We need to be sharing with each other. We need to be giving to each other instead of fighting with each other, instead of, instead of um, competing. I mean, just this week, and I'm sharing this, and, and my boasting is in the Lord. There's a congregation just down the road from us that lost their building because of uh, COVID and financial pressure, the first thing we did, we phoned them up and said, guys, you're welcome to come and use our facilities. Come, just have your meetings with us if you want, or, or, or you can use a different time on a Sunday. We only, you know, we, we have a service for two hours on a Sunday morning. Pick, and, pick before or after and come and use our facility. It's open, it's welcome. We just sowed, we just sowed a sound system to another ministry that's just starting in town. We gave them some chairs and we gave them a sound system. That's collaboration, because those guys are going to reach people that I can't reach. They might not like my style of ministry. They might not like my thrust, but he's such a great guy, such a loving pastor. Hey, I want to help him. I want to promote him. So how do we do this? Well, I believe that the mindset that we change, how willing are we to cross-pollinate? How willing are we to go and support another man's ministry? Another, another church. Go to the, if we don't have a meeting, 
How willing are we? I mean, even, even on, on YouTube and Facebook, do we say to our congregations, hey, you know, Glenn's ministry on such and such a time on Facebook Live, please tune in and watch. Here's a list of guys that are good teachers. Please listen to their ministry. Please learn from what they're sharing. Or do we want to be the only voice to the sheep? Right. You see, collaboration is openly, willingly working together. Because Glenn brings something, or, or, or Wayne brings something, and, 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 and Bishop Nelson brings something that I can't bring. But together, we can establish and strengthen the body of Christ. So what am I saying? How do we work together? Very simple. We start by promoting each other. On Facebook, are we liking posts that the other brothers and sisters are posting? Are we supporting them with a comment, not just a like? Are we putting a good comment? Great word. Are we sharing their posts to all walls on social media? Are we interlinking with each other so that we broaden, so that the word that somebody ministers that's a good word is getting out to many, many other people so that we are together as one? Are we refreshing the ministry? And lastly, I want to ask this. Are we building a brand or are we building the kingdom? Are we hoarding and herding or are we releasing and growing? That's the fivefold ministry working together. That we love each other, we care for one another, and we yeah. promote one another in the Lord. Amen. Bless you. Wow. Wow. wow thank you so much. That was, that was great. Fantastic. So what we're going to do at this point, everyone, thank you so much, Apostle Derek. Um, we're going to actually ask you guys, if you have some specific questions, um, you're going to type those in the chat, and I will uh, read them as, as time allots to, to Derek and have his response. So um, specifically, here's, here's the first question. Okay, so just go ahead. Guys can respond to this. What is the one thing? Okay, the one thing that you do in a takeaway was shared today. And again, if you won't, if you don't mind, can you please just mute um, yourself so we don't get the background? Um, thank you. What is the one thing that you, you know, just gleaned from, from this session? Um, just type that, guys, in the chat, and we're gonna do we're gonna do that. So this is a question. Okay, what is that one thing? Okay that you, and then just type that in and, and uh, I'll just read a few of those, respond. And then we're, the second question is, what step of action will you take as a result of what you heard, what you learned today from Apostle Derek? What step of action will you take? Okay, so just go ahead and type your comments in the chat and then we're gonna, we're going to respond to that. Yeah, there's some great comments here. Um, I love the term refreshing the ministry. Great. Uh, Jack Bourbon says preferring one another. Um, interdependent, not independent. Yeah, that's great. Go ahead, guys. So what is, what is the one thing that really spoke to you? And then secondly, what action step? It's one thing to, to say, ah, oh, this really spoke to me, but what are we going to do with that now? So what, go ahead and just type those in the chat. And then lastly, um, do you have a question 
for Apostle Derek. If so, go ahead and type your question. Do you have, uh, yeah, intentional about complimenting other ministers? Excellent, excellent, yeah. Are we building a brand? Or are we building the kingdom of God? Yeah, so good. Amen. Thank you, Christina. Awesome, guys. All right. Keep, keep, yeah, just keep them coming, please. We thank you. And do you have a question for Apostle Derek? If so, go ahead and type it in. Cross pollinate. Yeah. Receiving uh, the spiritual giftings of others in my life and reaching out to them. That's a good take, takeaway, a good action step. Joe, thanks. Um, Unity promotes one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's promote one another for sure. And again, let's just keep in mind that um, <laughs> we need one another. My job and my calling is to make sure that as a member of the fivefold, that the resources um, and, and when I talk about resources, the spiritual resources and everything that you need. Um, and the body of Christ needs to really grow and become mature and conform to the image of Christ, you know, that those resources get to you. So how do we do that? If I am lead, if I'm leading in a sense that I have people that I have influence over, I have to make sure that I am really intentional in, um, seeing the fivefold ministry identified and activated so that the body of Christ is built up. So Okay, any specific questions, guys? Just go ahead that you have for Apostle Derek. Just type it in the chat. Uh, Bishop Nelson, supporting each other on social media platforms, leaving a comment of encouragement. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. Yeah, we are not in competition with one another. We're complimenting one another. The whole world has to hear the gospel and come to know Christ. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. What, uh, what question would you have for Apostle Derek? Just go ahead and type it in the chat. Okay, question. Okay, Apostle Derek, here's a question. What's the balance between exercising wisdom and collaborating? I have had negative results when trying to collaborate with other ministries. Okay, you wanna go ahead and answer that? Yeah, I think, I think we could all write the book on that. Um... Be led by the Spirit of God. You know, fools rush in. But I, I would rather be, I'd rather err on the side of being collaborative than err on the side of being restrictive. And, you know, the Spirit of God is, the discernment of Spirit is such a wisdom, such a tool of wisdom, such a pool of wisdom. When I work with the folk in our town, the folk in our city, the folk across nations, I look for the same spirit in the heart of man. I don't look at their actions. I look at their heart. Because many of us started with the wrong actions, but the right heart. And right. actions I can change. Hearts are harder. So I look for the heart. The wisdom is in the heart. And I find a good heart. And we can always align. We can always refocus, recenter the action if the heart's right. So my wisdom is always looking at the heart and promoting the heart that loves God. Even if they get it wrong, even if the execution's wrong, promote the heart because the heart in that unity. And remember, it's relational, not just functional. So relational with the heart builds function, sometimes pushes down. Yeah, that's great. 
Excellent. And would you, um, you know, when, when we are intentional and we begin to model this type of servant leadership where we, we prefer one another, we recognize the giftings and, and the contribution that others make toward building up the body of Christ, you know, that becomes contagious where, you know, someone maybe has been uh, in competition with you. They have that spirit or whatever. And, and, uh, but you just continue to, to prefer one another. And, and ultimately just to go back to uh, Catherine's question, I think sometimes, uh, unfortunately, there are people that you cannot collaborate with because how can two walk together unless they agree? So ultimately, sometimes it just doesn't work, but we do our part. We model it. We exemplify it by our conduct yeah. and example. Yeah. But even there, Glenn, you know, when, when we disagree, because yeah. two cannot agree unless they walk together. So if right. we disagree, we have an obligation, folk, to stay in the spirit of love, joy, uh, peace, and unity. Don't right. badmouth somebody because they disagree with us. If they want to badmouth you because they can't walk with you, that's on them. Let's not fall into that trap. You know, so often we get attacked and criticized, and it's so easy to get back in the old nature of justification. Hey, God knows your heart. And if you've done it with a good heart, God vindicates, God justifies. You know, if you, I'm British, so I play cricket. There's three balls in cricket. Now, if any of you have ever watched cricket and you Americans, bless you, please watch a game of cricket because I want to teach you something. There's three <laughs> balls that are bowled in cricket. We've got all fancy names for them and all the rest of it, but there's only three balls that a batsman must know. And that's this. The one you hit, the one you block, and the one you leave alone. And in ministry, there's three things that come at you. One you block, one you hit, and one you leave alone. And if you can learn that, you're a good batsman. If you can learn that, you stay out of trouble. But many times we play the wrong shot for the wrong ball and we get caught out. So I want to encourage you tonight, learn how to block it, how to hit it, or how to leave it alone and know the difference. That keeps us out of trouble. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. That's great. Okay, someone else, you have a question for Apostle Derek relative to today's topic, okay? Relative to the topic and the session that was just presented, just go ahead and type your question in the chat and we will bring that to him. Thank you. Just, we'll just take a few more moments. We love for you guys to go ahead. You can still type your comments as well. If you don't have a specific question for Apostle Derek, just go ahead and type your comments. You know, what really spoke to you about the uh, presentation today? What are you taking away from it? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, people are really blessed by this today. Uh, Derek, I know that. That's good. This was a great session. Um, so thank God for that. All right, we'll just wait for one or two more questions. If not, okay. All right, just so keep in mind, guys, if you are not yet connected to our Facebook group, the Kingdom Community, and you'll see in brackets, it'll say Awake Nations, please, uh, we'd love to have you connect there. Uh, we'll be posting the video and that as well. 
Um, and then uh, in, in addition, you can go back and watch this video. We'll put it in our group chat. If you're not part of the group chat and you'd like to just message me and we can add you to that as well. Um, we are starting some training in July on the topics of the gospel, the kingdom and apostolic centers. These, this is free training. We'd love for you to be part of that. We're going to be um, moving into some training also in the future on house churches and house church movements. For some of you, that's uh, something you're very active in and involved with. So we're going to be offering that training. So just stay connected. Um, if you want to formally connect to the kingdom community, we offer apostolic relationship. We offer a spiritual family, teaching, training, mentoring. You know, there's so much um, opportunities to network and connect. You know, we're seeing that. It's so good to, to see people that are part of the kingdom community. You're now friends on Facebook and you're commenting on one another's posts. There's interaction and we, we see that happening, even discussion regarding min, doing ministry together. And, and so this is, this is awesome. This is what it's all about. We are looking forward to um, potentially having a conference in October and uh, here in the United States. So we would love for you guys to be part of that as well, if you're able to join us. And uh, we'll, we'll get the details out as soon as possible. We still haven't... Um, finalize everything but it's going to be in october most likely the latter part of october and um, so do do keep that in mind and looking forward to visiting and traveling to different nations and and connecting with you guys as well so anything we can do just reach out we're here for you guys really appreciate what apostle Derek shared today it was stellar it was good stuff very practical, uh, very challenging, convicting in a good way, because we need to, to be, um, to exemplify this type of grace and, and character, um, you know, the character of Christ. That's what we're called to, to manifest on the earth. So thank you so much. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter. And you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Xavier University is tackling Ohio's nursing shortage by giving individuals with non-nursing bachelor's degrees an opportunity to accelerate into the profession. Whether you studied accounting, biology, marketing, or anything in between, our ABSN program can prepare you for nursing practice in as few as 16 months. So if nursing is your calling, now's the time to answer it. Enroll for one of three terms at our locations in Cincinnati, Cleveland, or Columbus. Search Xavier ABSN to apply.